You're listening to The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. In every episode, we will discuss the topics and trends, the issues and ideas, the challenges and opportunities facing senior business leaders today. This series is one more way we want to engage with our network of industry executives. Thanks for joining us. Hello again, everyone. You're joining us for another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm Head of Content and Research. My guest today is Nick Haas from MaintainX. Uh, we're going to be having a conversation about putting the fruits of the uh, digital transformation revolution in the hands of frontline workers. I think this is a, a great topic that a lot of people want to be having this conversation or are missing having this conversation, and I'm so pleased I get to do it with Nick. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Let, let's get right into it. Um, I think you and I both know the biggest ROI of digital transformation is the person who's actually turning the wrench, doing the work, having access to all of the, the resources and information digital transformation makes possible. A lot of companies sort of have a disconnect making that happen. Um, can you speak to that? Absolutely. Well, a lot of companies are putting great investment. They're, they're very forward thinking, thinking about this digital transformation effort. They're putting in great new technologies like great sensors, all this sophisticated software on their PLC machines and, and throughout the rest of their, their manufacturing stack. And what's happening is you're getting all of this great data on your equipment and on your asset. And, and the, the idea right now is that in theory, this should help you become more efficient, help you become more productive, help improve your reliability journey. And the big disconnect is, is a lot of the, currently they're, they're being measured on, you know, gold star for implementation. You got them on the machines, you got them on all of our assets. And now they're getting into that second stage of their digital transformation journey, and they're recognizing that they're not seeing all of the efficiency gains that they were promised. And the bottleneck we frequently find is, is oftentimes how does that data, that actionable insight that's coming off of those meter readings, coming off of those, those predictive software um, analytics, how does that get to the hand of the guy that's turning the wrench to do something about it? And that's a great bottleneck. Right now there's you know, these, these frontline team work, you know, these frontline workers are getting emails blown up or their, their managers are getting emails and they're getting radioed out. It, it's kind of data overload and there's nowhere for it to kind of go and, and, uh, be actionable for those, those folks to digest and do something about. And so, you know, we found that by building out a system that's designed for, to be the operating system for that frontline worker, we can actually take that data and turn it into an actionable, um, you know, put it into an actionable work order for those those folks to complete and, and actually do something about so that it gets to them um, when it when it needs to. And I guess some of the challenge of this is also uh, usability. I mean, it's going yeah. to be an interface that you know anybody can take a work order coming in and understand, okay, there's there's metrics behind this that say this needs to be done now, yeah. and this is my part of it. Is that what you're talking about? there's there's a part of that, right. So some companies will say a lot we run into companies all the time that say we have a system. We've got a, a maintenance management system that gets to our technicians or to our operators. And uh, you know then you, you dig in a little bit deeper and you realize it's a legacy system that's not designed to work where the workers are. that's not a, not designed to meet the workers where they are. And what I mean by that is, a lot of them are designed for desktop, which is great, but I don't know many manufacturers or field technicians that are actually sitting at a desk all day. They're all out in the field. They're all out and about, and w um, which means they need a mobile solution. They need something that works at their fingertips, whether that's a mobile device or a tablet, something that can give them the information where they are. A lot of these sites are enormous. You know, you don't have the time to go, you know, 10 minutes one direction, 30 minutes back to the parts room, you know, and back and forth. And so if you actually do this, you know, tracing of, of the foot, foot traffic of your of your technicians and you see how how much time they're wasting uh, just by virtue of the fact they don't have the information they need at their fingertips when it when it's time to get that done 
um, that, that creates a big problem. And in today's labor shortage environment, that, you know, you can't be wasting, it, it's not wise to waste that, those, those technicians' time and those operators' time the way that we, you know, used to be able to get away with. So why don't we talk about uh, the manufacturing executive who's listening to this right now and is trying to visualize his team. Yeah. And he says, you know, I think we do have a solution. I mean, I know my guys are on their phones and they're checking work orders and their stuff. How does he know whether or not he's actually got a gap in, in, in how the information is being communicated? How does he uh, spot that there's a problem to be fixed? Yeah, I mean, you, it's a common joke in this industry. You know, how much how much do you trust your data? How, how, how great is the quality of your data that you're getting into your your ERP system? How great is the quality of that data that you're uh, you're able to make? Is that is that data helping you make decisions? Um, and they find out that there's you know that, that's a running joke. They, there's generally really poor quality data. The data integrity that's coming out of these systems is poor. And so they oftentimes think they need to pencil whip you know, their technicians to do a better job. And when you could drill down to the root of that problem, there's the software is you know very slow. It's sluggish. It's difficult. It's clunky for them to use. And, and it, what happens is those technicians don't take the time and they don't have an interface that allows them to actually put that data in in a responsible way and an efficient, easy to digest way for them to get that correct data upstream into those systems that allow for some of these more interesting decision-making opportunities to happen with all of this data that they're given. I can also imagine there's a little bit of data overload for them as well. I mean, if they're given a, a spreadsheet, are they supposed to do analysis on their phone looking at it when what they're really looking for is the action point? What am I supposed to be doing now? So right now, the technician's job is to, to go in and get work done. You want them spending as little time trying to understand the systems that are you know feeding upstream from them. And so they need is a simple-to-use interface that shows them exactly what they need to do when they need to do it and how they need to do it. So by enabling them to have an easy to use interface that gives them the standard operating procedures that they need to use, that gives them the instructions, the work instructions that they need to use, that gives them the remind the safety reminders to ensure that they're doing things in a safe manner um, and making sure that they physically check those boxes or, or you know work through those procedures, that enables them to simply focus on doing their work, documenting it correctly and moving on rather than trying to process emails and, and letting things fall through the cracks, you know, uh, communication is always a challenge at these organizations. You know, some folks will say, oh, we have a WhatsApp group that we, we send out, you know, we're, we're communicating with our technicians or we got radios. And, and far too often, there's not a digital audit trail that allows those, those issues to actually be, you know, follow, you can't follow that thread all the way through from start to finish. And, and so that's how things fall through the cracks and, uh, or, or you don't have the audit trails that you need either for regulatory reasons or um, simply for making sure that your, your reliability um, you know, is on that asset is, is uh, being, excuse me, the reliability work for that asset is being performed. I can also imagine this being a, a very powerful tool for a, a culture of continuous improvement. I mean, there might be a site that comes up with an innovation and through uh, uh, interface that goes out to frontline workers everywhere, you can standardize that practice, you can walk people through it. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. So that's a big challenge right now for a lot of organizations. It's how do we implement standard operating procedures um, across a across a large organization or even a mid-sized organization. Today, that process usually involves dozens of meetings, phone calls, on-sites, uh, you know, constant reminders. And, and then even then, you know, you're, you're not oftentimes able to make sure that the enforcement of those procedures are, are being followed, um, let alone managing and tracking the performance of those procedures. You know, with a system like ours, you're able to have this sort of global master standard set of procedures, set of SOPs. And when you want to make a change, you can push a global change with one click of a button. And all of your sites are now performing those, you know, uh, operations consistently. And they're always up to date. So whether that's, there's a new OSHA, you know, code that change that requires you to, you know, 
change the way you do your safety walks at certain sites, being able to push that live so that it doesn't change anything in terms of the workflow of that end user that needs to perform those tasks. But now, you know, it's being enforced globally and it's being followed correctly. Those are really big, you know, really simple changes that are really hard to execute um, at large organizations. And we're finding that by, by, by putting in a tool like MaintainX that allows them to actually um, action on those uh, continuous improvement initiatives and those safety initiatives that are otherwise really difficult to standardize across a large group of sites. You know, as you're talking about standardizing work and, and educating people across a number of different facilities, I wonder if that also speaks to knowledge retention and institutional knowledge of some of those top performers, some of whom might be retiring or otherwise leaving the company. Uh, does it work in that space as well? The sense of urgency that, that we have with our customers and the reason why I think it's the time right now, the time is now to, to implement a system like ours is because of our aging workforce. A lot of that tribal knowledge is going out the door. You know, as these people are, are, are graduating to their retirement stages, a lot of that tribal knowledge is leaving. If somebody gets, you know, wins the lottery and walks out the door, how many, how many of your operations would be critically impacted because you don't have that knowledge, whether it's asset history, whether it's operational know-how, all of that leaving and going out the door, by building this into a system today, by starting that foundation, you're enabling your company to be successful for continued success as this new workforce ages, ages as the old workforce ages out and the new workforce comes into play and it gives them a place to pick up and run with it. You can't expect this younger generation to come in and try to process thousands of files in a filing cabinet and try to look through all this old paperwork and all these old spreadsheets. It's not gonna happen. You're not gonna be their, their employer of choice they are not going to be able to be effective in their new roles, and you're going to be pulling your hair out wondering why you didn't do this sooner. And so that's the thing that, you know, this is not, that's why you shouldn't, you know, take this journey five years from now, because five years from now might be too late. You don't know how much of that tribal knowledge is going to leave between now and five years. Now, you mentioned your tool specifically. So, so let's get into this. What is MaintainX? What are you guys all about? Yeah, so we're, think of us as a mission control for your frontline operations. We are one cohesive platform that allows all of the frontline team to be able to know what work needs to be done and how to do it. The future of maintenance and operations and manufacturing is not a ecosystem that has 15 different apps on your technician's phone or on your safety manager's phone or on your plant manager's phone or, or computer. The future is, it is having all of them exist in one ecosystem that allows them to communicate and collaborate. Now, you can still have all of these great other elements of your manufacturing and MES stack and all of those great technologies, but the important thing is to pipe that data into one single place so that everyone knows where work gets done and where work gets recorded. I wonder if you could give us an example, um, as a thought, maybe a safety inspection or something like this, something frontline workers are, are doing, but it might be one team is doing this and what they come up with is going to inform someone else somewhere else like give us a scenario exactly so imagine you're going on a safety walk you're, you're performing your, your gamba check um your site walkthrough and you notice that there's an, an issue with a, a piece of equipment that would be hazardous for for your team when you cite that inspection when you flag that inspection as a failure or something that you want to flag typically if, if that system is not the same system that your uh maintenance technician or, or someone that needs to address that is if that's a, if that person doesn't exist in that system it's hard to actually action on that um, failure right away. And so that's what we help, you know, by having that all in one, one place, one fail, uh, you can have a corrective action that exists right or directly off of a failure on, um, on a safety inspection, for example. Now, whenever we talk about a new tool or technology or, or piece of software coming in, 
I want to make sure we're talking about something that plays well with others because no yeah. one is starting from square one here. I mean, you've said yourself, you're talking about disparate systems that need to communicate. So how does that part of it work? Absolutely. So we believe it's important to execute on one thing and do it really well. We are not in the business of building out you know, the entire MES stack. We don't want to build our own ERP system. Our goal is to you know, build a really robust platform that plays well across the entire ecosystem. So we have an open API. We're very committed to making sure that our platform can work and operate um, with any existing systems on the market, which allow for everyone involved upstream to have the access to the best tools, best in class tools for whatever specific function they're trying to, um, you know, they need to be able to track. You mentioned, you know, the future of manufacturing isn't going to be the boss with 15 apps on his phone. That's right. We're talking about replacing those 15 with one app. Let's talk about the learning curve of that. Like, what does getting started look like? How long does it take to come up to speed? Because I know, you know, when I have worked in an environment where I get very comfortable with my tools, if someone comes along and says, no, no, not like that anymore. Can we do this other thing? My first thought is, but this isn't broke. This is working for me. Like, what do you say to that? Well, you know, I, I think a lot of folks are in denial in some capacity. They think that there's uh, there's going to be a magic wand that comes in and, and suddenly uh, a lot of their problems are going to go away or they're not really sure what, you know, they, or they feel stuck with the inertia and they're not uh, not sure how to solve it. And, and frankly, a lot of our a lot of our customers and a lot of our champions and buyers are, are not folks who purchase software. They don't know how to implement it. They don't know how to be a change, you know, handle that change management internally and navigate that in an organization. And so that's something we're really, you know, proud to, to help sort of hold their hand and make sure that we understand that how to, how to navigate that change in an efficient way. So, you know, bringing on a world-class implementation team, our average time to get on, on uh, have maintain X up, up and running uh, with the site is, is from four to six weeks. And um, oftentimes we can get it done faster. The reality is a lot of people have heartburn because they've gone through ERP changes that went for five or six years and millions of dollars and, or, or other, other systems changes that were incredibly caught, you know, just disastrous and, and stressful. And, and uh, we believe that that is the old way of doing things. We've really streamlined that process to make it seamless. A lot of, you know, we, we were, we're actually award-winning. Um, we have an award-winning implementation team for having uh, a really efficient process and, and a lot of customers that are uh, oftentimes very surprised. That's something that, you know, they, uh, they have a hard time believing us at first until they're actually in that process. And, and you know, they ripped the Band-Aid off and they're like, oh, that was actually a lot easier than I built it up to be. But it's a, it, you know, people are scared for a reason. A lot of systems aren't really optimized for that, um, that sort of process and, and haven't really been thoughtful about how to, how to make it efficient. Well, you, you said at the beginning, making it intuitive is how you get people to accept it. So it would yeah. make sense that it shouldn't take a ton of time and shouldn't be that complicated. That's right. And, and the other fear we have is that we don't have time to go train our team. Like our, we're already at capacity. We don't have time to go and get, put them through training. And, and the beauty of it is because we focus on building this so that it's a no-code system, it, it requires virtually no training. We ask folks, you know, if, you're, if your technicians or your team can use Facebook on their phone or Instagram on their phone, they're going to be flying with MaintainX in five minutes. It's incredibly intuitive. And um, if it wasn't, then we wouldn't be seeing, you know, the, uh, the great adoption success that we're seeing in the market today. You know, I'd, I'd be interested to hear a little bit about your success rate. It seems like your company is uh, rising very quickly through the ranks of uh, software relevant for manufacturers. Uh, tell us about your performance so far. Absolutely. So we, we launched the company in 2018. So we're, we're pretty young in this industry, right? Uh, but the reality is we have over 5,000 customers, global customers today, hundreds of thousands of, of users on our product um, every day. And, and we're growing um, and, you know, very, very fast every month, bringing on more and more customers. And, and the reason we're able to handle that amount of growth is because people are able to onboard and, and get up to speed really quickly. If we were having to spend exorbitant amounts of time with 
with all of these customers, we, we wouldn't be able to handle that kind of capacity. So um, we're really proud of the work that we have. We have world-class software engineers that, that have built um, not, not only an, a great initial product, but we're putting out product releases you know, multiple times a month. Um, we're putting out uh, brand new innovations and features that are in direct response to our customers' demands. And we're allowing, you know, we really work with them to make sure that this isn't just a, you know, we're not building this in a, in a, in a tunnel. We're actually working with our customers to collaborate and make sure that we're not only building new features and functionalities, but we're improving the ones that we have to make sure that it can accommodate the needs of, of, uh, of our growing customer base. We've covered a lot of ground in this conversation. Um, for people who have been listening, I wonder if there's one or two key takeaways you want them to think about further? Um, yeah, I mean, for the leadership folks that are listening right now, uh, you know, listen to your frontline teams. You know, we, we want to think about employee retention, attracting talent, training your team. Our workforce is aging out. We need to continue to, to put in innovative tools at that frontline level to make sure that we're empowering those people to be successful. And so what does that mean? It means think about as you're implementing these digital transformation, as you're going on this digital transformation journey, try to think about how does this connect to that end user who's actually going to be turning the wrench? How does this connect to that operator who's going to be involved in those day-to-day operations that result from some of these tools and some of these, these products? And, and uh, when you sort of put that perspective and that paradigm first, you're actually going to realize that a lot of the systems that you're, you're kind of working towards aren't necessarily optimized for, to help them be successful. And if you're not making them successful, you're not going to end up being successful. So that's where we see a lot of our customers who, who make that paradigm shift find that that's sort of one of the missing puzzle pieces and that that's the big gap in their digital transformation journey today. You know, for people who have been listening to this and, and might have some questions or want to learn more, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Nick Haas, and uh, feel free to reach out, have a conversation. I'd love to love to learn a little bit about some of the challenges people are facing out there. Uh, you can also find us on our website, www.getmaintainx.com. Well, I encourage everyone who has been enjoying this to reach out to Nick uh, through LinkedIn. I always enjoy when people say, yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's your personal information. But I mean, in the same way I've enjoyed this conversation, I'm sure uh, some of our listeners will as well. Um, I also encourage people to check out the website. I mean, it it seems like a great tool in a very timely uh, area of the digital transformation. We should be putting uh, the best information in front of our workers as possible. Uh, Nick, this has been great chatting with you. It's been so fun, Jeff. Thanks so much. You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Mix. Let's do it again soon. 